0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Concord Quotes, a podcast that takes you through the Lutheran confessions in a year. So grab your book of Concord and join us as we begin today's reading. today we will be reading from the apology of the augsburg confession article 4 sections 48 through 74 what is justifying faith the adversaries feign that faith is only a knowledge of the history and therefore teach that it can coexist with mortal sin hence they say nothing concerning faith by which paul so frequently says that men are justified Because those who are accounted righteous before God Do not live in mortal sin But that faith which justifies Is not merely a knowledge of history Not merely this That I know the stories of Christ's birth Suffering, etc. That even the devils know But it is an assent To the promise of God In which, for Christ's sake The remission of sins and justification Are freely offered It is the certainty Or the certain trust in the heart, when, and with my whole heart, I regard the promise of God as certain and true, through which there are offered me, without my merit, the forgiveness of sins, grace, and all salvation through Christ the Mediator, and that no one may suppose that it is mere knowledge. We will add further, it is to wish and to receive the offered promise of the remission of sins and of justification. Faith is that my whole giving, not my work or preparation, but that a heart comforts itself and is perfectly confident with respect to this, namely, that God makes a present and gift to us, and not we to him, that he sheds upon us every treasure of grace in Christ. And the difference between this faith and the righteousness of the law can be easily discerned Faith is the divine service which receives the benefits offered by God. The righteousness of the law is the divine service which offers God our merits. By faith, God wishes to be worshipped in this way, that we receive from him those things which he promises and offers. Now, that faith signifies not only a knowledge of the history, but such faith as a sense to the promise Paul plainly testifies when he says Romans 4.16, Therefore it is of faith, to the end the promise might be sure, for he judges that the promise cannot be received unless by faith. Wherefore he puts them together as things that belong to one another, and connects promise and faith. There Paul fastes and binds together these two. Thus, wherever there is a promise, faith is required. And conversely, wherever faith is required... There must be a promise. Although it will be easily to decide what faith is if we consider the creed, where the article certainly stands, the forgiveness of sins, therefore it is not enough to believe that Christ was born, suffered, was raised again, unless we add also this article, which is the purpose of the history, the forgiveness of sins. To this article the rest must be referred, namely, that for Christ's sake and not for the sake of our merits, forgiveness of sins is given us. For what need was there that Christ was given for our sins, if our sins, our merits, can make satisfaction? As often, therefore, as we speak of justifying faith, we must keep in mind that these three objects occur, the promise, and that, too, gratuitous, and the merits of Christ as the price and the propitiation. The promise is received by faith, the gratuitous excludes our merits and signifies that the benefit is offered only through mercy. The merits of Christ are the price, because there must be a certain propitiation for our sins. Scripture frequently implores mercy, and the Holy Fathers often say that we are saved by mercy. As often, therefore, is as mention is made of mercy, we must keep in mind that faith is there required, which receives the promise of mercy. And, again, as often as we speak of faith, we wish an object to be understood, namely, the promised mercy. For faith justifies and saves, not on the ground that it is a work in itself worthy, but only because it received the promised mercy. And throughout the prophets and the Psalms, this worship is highly praised, although the law does not teach the gratuitous remission of sins. But the fathers knew the promise concerning Christ, that God, for Christ's sake, wished to remit sins. Therefore, since they understood that Christ would be the price for our sins, they knew that our works are not a price for so great a matter, could not pay so great a debt. Accordingly, they received gratuitous mercy and remission of sins by faith, just as the saints in the New Testament Here belong those frequent repetitions concerning mercy and faith in the Psalms and the prophets, as this Psalm 133. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Here David confesses his sins and does not recount his merits. He adds, but there is forgiveness with thee. Here he comforts himself by his trust in God's mercy, and he cites the promise My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope, i.e., because thou hast promised the remission of sins, I am sustained by this thy promise. Therefore the fathers also were justified, not by the law, but by the promise and faith. And it is amazing that the adversaries extenuate faith to such a degree, although they see that it is everywhere praised, is an imminent service in psalm 50:15 call upon me in the day of trouble i will deliver thee thus god wishes himself to be known thus he wishes himself to be worshiped and from him we receive benefits and receive them too because of his mercy and not because of our merits this is the richest consolation in all afflictions physical or spiritual in life or in death, as all godly persons know. And such consolations the adversaries abolish when they extenuate and disparage faith and teach only that by means of works and merits men treat with God, that we treat with God the great majesty by means of our miserable, beggarly works and merits, that faith in Christ justifies. In the first place, Lest anyone may think that we speak concerning an idle knowledge of the history, we must declare how faith is obtained, how the heart begins to believe. Afterward, we will show both that it justifies and how this ought to be understood, and we will explain the objections of the adversaries. Christ, in the last chapter of Luke 24, verse 47, commands that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name, For the gospel convicts all men that they are under sin, that they are all subject to eternal wrath and death, and offers for Christ's sake the remission of sin and justification which is received by faith. The preaching of repentance which accuses us terrifies consciences with true grave and terrors. For the preaching of repentance, or this declaration of the gospel, amend your lies, repent, when it truly penetrates the heart terrifies the conscience and is no jest but a great terror in which the conscience feels its misery and sin and the wrath of God in these hearts ought again to receive consolation this happens if they believe the promise of Christ that for his sake we have remission of sins this faith encouraging and consoling in these fears receives remissions of sins justifies and quickens for this consolation is a new and spiritual life a new birth and a new life these things are plain and clear and can be understood by the pious and have testimonies of the church as it is to be seen in the conversion of paul and augustine These adversaries nowhere can say how the Holy Ghost is given. They imagine that the sacraments confer the Holy Ghost ex opera operato without a good emotion in the recipient, as though indeed the gift of the Holy Ghost were an idle matter. But since we speak of such faith, as is not an idle thought, but of that which liberates from death and produces a new life in hearts, which is such a new light, life, and force in the heart, as to renew our heart, mind, and spirit, makes new men of us and new creatures, and it is the work of the Holy Ghost. This does not coexist with mortal sin, for how can light and darkness coexist? But as long as it is present, produces good. Good fruits, as we will say after a while. For concerning the conversion of the wicked, or concerning the mode of regeneration... What can be said that is more simple and more clear? Let them, from so great an array of writers, adduce a single commentary upon the sententiae that speaks of the mode of regeneration. When they speak of the habit of love, they imagine that men merit it through works, and they do not teach that it is received through the word, precisely as also the Anabaptists teach at this time. But God cannot be treated with God cannot be apprehended except through the Word. Accordingly, justification occurs through the Word, just as Paul says, Romans 1.16, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Likewise, Romans 10.17, Faith cometh by hearing, and proof can be derived, even from this, that faith justifies. Because if justification occurs only through the Word, and the word is apprehended only by faith, it follows that faith justifies. But there are other and more important reasons. We have said these things thus far in order that we might show the mode of regeneration, and that the nature of faith, what is or is not faith, concerning which we speak, might be understood. Now we will show that faith and nothing else justifies. Here, in the first place, readers must be admonished of this, that just as it is necessary to maintain this sentence, Christ is mediator, so is it necessary to defend that faith justifies without works. For how will Christ be mediator if in justification we do not use him as mediator, if we do not hold that for his sake we are accounted righteous? but to believe is to trust in the merits of christ that for his sake god certainly wishes to be reconciled with us likewise just as we ought to maintain that apart from the law the promise of christ is necessary so also is it needful to maintain that faith justifies for the law does not preach the forgiveness of sin by grace for the law cannot be performed unless the holy ghost first be received It is therefore needful to maintain that the promise of Christ is necessary, but this cannot be received except by faith. Therefore, those who deny that faith justifies teach nothing but the law, both Christ and the gospel being set aside. But when it is said that faith justifies, some perhaps understand it of the beginning, namely that faith is the beginning of justification, or preparation for justification, so that not faith itself is that through which we are accepted by God, but the works which follow. And they dream, accordingly, that faith is highly praised because it is the beginning. For great is the importance of the beginning, as they commonly say. The beginning is half of everything, just as if one would say that grammar makes the teachers of all arts, because it prepares for other arts, although in fact it is its own art that renders everyone an artist. We do not believe thus concerning faith, but we maintain this, that properly and truly, by faith itself, we are for Christ's sake accounted righteous, or are acceptable to God. And because to be justified means that out of unjust men, just men are made or born again, it means also that they are pronounced or accounted just. For Scripture speaks in both ways. The term to be justified is used in two ways, to denote being converted or regenerated, again, being accounted righteous. Accordingly, we wish first to show this, that faith alone makes an unjust a just man, i.e. receives remission of sins. The particle alone offends some. Although even Paul says, Romans 3.28, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Again, Ephesians 2.8, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, Romans 3.24, being justified freely. If the exclusive alone displeases, let them remove from Paul also the exclusives freely, not of works. It is the gift, etc. For these also are very strong exclusives. It is, however, the opinion of merit that we exclude. We do not exclude the word or sacraments as the adversaries falsely charge us. For we have said above that faith is conceived from the word, and we honor the ministry of the word in the highest degree. Love also and works must follow faith. Wherefore they are not excluded, so as not to follow, but confidence in the merit of love or of works is excluded in justification, and this we will clearly show. This concludes today's reading. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Concord Quotes. For more quotes from the Book of Concord, like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash concordquotes1530. Or you can follow us on Twitter at concordquotes.